not saying some people sit there and go. They look at the words. So I can't make fun of you. Um, couple, um, couple, just a couple things real quick. Thank you letter for, um, from Anna, uh, my daughter Anna. She just said, uh, dear church family, I wanted to thank everyone who has had a part in helping me financially through college. And that's your scholarship and money that the church has made has been a huge blessing in my life. God has continued to provide every need I have for my school bill, and you guys have been a big part of that. Thank you again uh, for all the love and support from you all. Yeah, and uh, you're not familiar. Uh, years, years and years and years ago, uh, the church decided uh, to um, any one of our kids, any one of our um, kids from our church. Uh, that go to a Christian college, uh, we give them $100 a month for four months while they're in, uh, while they're in college. And, um, and then the, the cool part of it is the school that Anna's going to matches any funds uh, up to $2,500 a year uh, that the church sends in. So the church Either sends in 400 and they match that, so that's 800 for them. So it's a huge deal, and uh, we certainly appreciate uh, the church uh, doing that. Any, any, a lot of people may not know that, but any, any of one of our kids uh, that uh, from our school or from our uh, church that go to a Christian college, Christian colleges, uh, get that um, scholarship for um, each semester. So uh, it's pretty neat, and uh, very much appreciated. Uh, a couple of prayer requests, just a real quick. Uh, if you would pray for Luke, uh, Luke uh, three, Jordan, uh, Kristen's uh, baby. Uh, Luke was uh, Luke was Jordan was riding his bike, one of those stationary bikes, and uh, he was going pretty good. And Luke came up and, and got him. Looks like he ran him over with it. I mean, he got beat up pretty good. Nice black eye, you know, got his head, uh, got some marks up on his head as well. So pray for him. Uh, they got a doctor's appointment for him. Uh, but, uh, remember, Luke's a Lord's Prayer. And then um, Joellen's uh, brother-in-law, Joellen Healy's brother-in-law, uh, we had asked prayer for so passed away. So pray for that family if you would. Joellen's family, Lord, for the past of her brother-in-law, that she would just comfort uh, 
uh, them during this uh, difficult time in their lives. Lord, I pray again that you have your will and your way in our lives. We pray for Jesus.
children for respective children was on this list for children's church. And one of these days, they can sing a song where he shows off. The more soul the song has, the more he just throws it out. Praise the Lord for that. If you have not got an opportunity to put your tithe in or offering, if you'll just slip your hand up and anybody need to put their tithe in or offering, thank you very much. Anybody else? I would feel confident in that one for them, but still. So I uh, appreciate everybody uh, coming in and uh, certainly do uh, appreciate that. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. I said to somebody the other day, I said, I cannot wait till things get back to normal. And then immediately I said, huh, that's fine. Uh, I don't know that things will ever get back to normal. And, uh, so we're gonna be innovative and uh, that's tough. It's difficult, and uh, but we're uh, we're doing uh, doing the very best that we can. As a matter of fact, just uh, last week uh, we were quarantined. Just try to stay smart and try to stay ahead of things, and uh, so uh, pray for wisdom and guidance as we try to uh, make the right decisions uh, for everybody. And so. Um, Appreciate your prayers concerning that. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. So I'm going through a series of messages. So I'm being a useful Christian, or uh, as we see here, uh, Paul writing to the church at Corinth and uh, this problem church. He is giving them advice, giving them uh, the truth that they needed to fix the problems that they had in their churches, and uh, in. in in the letter that he writes to them, uh, he uses an example of the churches at Macedonia. So he, he takes a, a problem church and he uses the example of a powerful church to help the church at Corinth. And uh, he gives them a series of words that can help them be the useful church. Uh, that they need to be there in Corinth. God has put us here in Rankin, in Effingham County, for a purpose. I believe everything God does, he does uh, for uh, a purpose and on purpose. And so as we uh, endeavor to, uh, and as we strive to find that purpose and do that purpose, God's word gives us what we need to be that Christian that God calls us to be. You see, we don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder because God tells us there are some things in the Word of God that are universal. What does that mean? It means it's for every Christian. Uh, we've already talked about some of them. Every Christian ought to pray. Every Christian ought to have a prayer life. Every Christian ought to be a prayer warrior. So it's not a matter of, well, it's not God's will for me to pray. That's, that's nonsense. It's not biblical, obviously. And we've got to pray. God's people have got to pray. And so uh, it's something that's universal uh, for all of us. So, and uh, we talked about prayer. We talked about performance. We talked about proving. And uh, some things that God's people need to do. Look with me in 2 
Corinthians chapter 8. Look down with me in verse 16. Verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more uh, uh, forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. So, as you can tell as we're reading this, we talked about prayer and performance and proof. And this morning I want to talk about the, uh, uh, the fourth one, and that is praise. That is praise. The importance of God's people praising the Lord. The importance of God's people uh, praising the Lord. I think we've kind of lost the idea of what it means to praise the Lord. As I look this word up, uh, the word praise means to commend, to glorify, to extol or celebrate, to worship, adore, or to laud. It means to, to praise. Psalm 150 and verse 6 says this, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The scripture over and over and over again uh, talks about this praise that we are to have uh, for our Heavenly Father. You know, the angels were, were created. They were created for uh, uh, many different purposes, but one of those purposes was to praise the Lord. Matter of fact, we find in the book of uh, Isaiah what uh, theologians call the trisagia. That is, uh, uh, the the three holies, as the angels go about the throne singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I believe that's a continuous thing. I believe that's just a one-time event. I believe it's a continuous thing, and I believe they never get tired of it. As they, uh, as they see the throne, as they see God on the throne, uh, it leads them uh, to this Praise. I want to talk a little bit this morning about that subject, the subject of praise. I want to talk, first of all, the reasons for our prayer, our praise, the reasons for our praise. Why should we praise the Lord? Why should we praise the Lord? You know, there's a lot of questions in life, isn't there? Sometimes I think there's more questions than our answers in life. And sometimes if your kids ever ask you a question, you think to yourself, how in the world am I supposed to answer that? Have you ever, ever, ever done that to you? And you think, oh my goodness, I don't. Sometimes there's not an answer, is there? Sometimes people ask questions and you say, I just don't know. And by the way, I want you to know something. It's okay to say, I don't know. It was so silly. I see it all the time. I see it amongst people, uh, Christian people, all the time. Uh, people, Rather than say, I don't know, we'll come up with an answer that's unbiblical. They'll come up with an answer that's not even right. And they, and they come up with these, with these far-fetched Hollywood-themed uh, answers instead of finding in the Word of God. And if the Word of God doesn't say it, then it, you don't need to know it. And that's about bottom line. There are some things that we're not told in the Word of God. What was what was Lot's wife's name? Miss Lot. I don't know what her name was. It doesn't matter what her name was. But we talk, I mean, we talk about all these questions that we don't have the answers to. And it's okay not to have the answers to. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of questions that we do have the answer to. 
And God gives us those answers in his word. And one of the things that, uh, that we can have the answer to is why we, as God's people, should praise the Lord. First of all, we ought to praise the Lord because of his wonders. Because of his wonders. Look back with me in the Psalms, uh, in Psalm 96. Listen to what the psalmist says in, in Psalm 96 concerning God's wonder. Psalm 96, uh, in verse uh, number 3, the Bible says, Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. You see, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. I mean, the wonders of his, of his might, the wonders of his work, the wonders of his majesty. You see, God isn't the man upstairs or our good buddy. God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God is the God of the Bible. And when we talk about God, we think of Isaiah. When Isaiah looked up and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Well, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, what did Isaiah see? Isaiah saw his own failures. Isaiah saw his own shortcomings. Isaiah not only saw his own failures, but he saw the failures of his people. But why? Because he saw the Lord for who he really is. And when we see the Lord for who he really is, we see his wonders, we see his majesty. The wonders of his majesty. Number two, the wonders of his mercy. The wonders of his mercy. God is merciful. That's a good thing, folks. God is merciful. You know, we talk about, oh, I'm going to tell them, what I want is justice. I want justice. I want justice. No, what you want is mercy. If you get justice, you die and go to hell. That's justice. Because we're all sinners. So we all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. And without Jesus Christ, without his grace, without his mercy, without death on the cross, the burial, the resurrection, we have no hope. And justice says, for you to pay for your sin, you die and spend eternity in hell. I don't want justice. I want mercy. You ever been pulled over by a police officer? Some of y'all are good at two shoes when you've never been pulled over. For some of other people. Maybe not me. Other people have been. And maybe you're going a little faster than you should have been. And uh, I mean, on purpose, just, just incidentally, you, you get pulled over, and, and you, you you pull over, and the cop comes up. What's the first question you ask? How fast you're going? Yes. I don't know. I don't lie to much tell them. Yeah, no, or I didn't know. I tell them I don't know. And you know what I was? You know I'm looking for? I'm looking for justice. Listen, what is the, what is the, what a lot of women do, they just cry, they cry the way out. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for mercy. They're not demanding justice. Let me tell you what justice does. Justice gets you a ticket every single time. Because if you're breaking the law, you get a ticket. That's the bottom line. You, you see this, you see this stop sign that's red? 
and you go right through and get pulled over, you want justice? Justice says you get taken. Why? Because you broke the law. What are we looking for? We're looking for mercy. And I want you to know something. God to God of mercy. Wow, what a blessing that is. And thankful for his mercy, his long-suffering in our life. Listen to me. God puts up with us far longer than any, any person You see, people put up with us, and they don't even know the real us, do they? You see, we we are really good at putting on a show. We come through the church doors, and somebody asks, how you doing? You say, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Sometimes we're doing all right, but sometimes, well, you know, I don't want to say, or, or you really don't want to hear. How true is that? Because this is what we do. We say, oh, well, I do it too, by the way. Oh, you know, I'm good, I'm good. What do you mean, good, good? They didn't have time to say anything before you go to the next person. And I know we only have so much time in church. I get it. I'm just saying that's what we tend to do, don't we? Let me tell you, when, when God asks us how we're doing, he's, he stops and listens. He wants to know how we're doing. He already knows how we're doing. I understand that. But he wants to listen. Why? Because he's long-suffering. Do you know why sometimes we all listen? Let's be, let's be honest. Sometimes people go, oh. Oh, and oh, and about their bunions, and about their whatever, and about their but is it? Am I am I telling the truth? Some of you are looking at me like I can't believe you're saying that. You're thinking so. I'm just saying what you're thinking. I read your mind. And so every week, sometimes we don't go why because we don't have time. We don't have long suffering. We don't have mercy. God is a God of mercy and long suffering. God, aren't you glad today? I'm so glad for this. I'm glad that God still saves people. If you'll call upon his name, if you're not saved, and you don't know Christ is your Savior, if you'll call upon his name, he'll save you. That's mercy, folks. You ever said this? You ever made this statement? Well, how are you? I'm telling you. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm glad you're not. You, you really are the population. And we have half the population dead. And if we had the ability to zap somebody, think about it. In the moment, somebody cut you off, bang, dead. You wouldn't even, I mean, you wouldn't even think about it twice about it. Somebody said something ugly to you, bang. Oh, I never I'll come. I mean, aren't you glad that God aren't you glad that God is long suffering with us? When we do mess up, God's not there with a sledgehammer ready to not listen. God doesn't, God doesn't just uh, bypass sin. He's, he's gonna deal with his children. Be sure your sin will find you out. The scripture is really clear on that. But I'm telling you, God is a forgiving God, and God is a merciful God. And I know this, when I called upon his name as a lost uh, uh, young man, I know this much. The Bible says uh, uh, that uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when I call on his name, he saves me. And I'm thankful for that. And, and if you're saved this morning, I know you're thankful for that as well. We can praise him for his wonders. 
Number two, we can praise him for his works. The things that God does, we can praise him for. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Listen what the psalmist said. Psalm 145 in verse number two. I love the psalm, don't you? I mean, it just chock full of applications for our lives. Psalm 145 in verse number two. The scripture says, every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous sharing. Isn't it an awesome thing to be able to share what God has done for you? And what do we do? We pass it on to the next person, to the next generation. We say, well, I believe we failed. I believe we failed in passing it on. Let me tell you what God has done for me. We like to talk about our accomplishments, and we like to talk about what we have done, but I understand this. Uh, we need to let the next generation know. We need to let our children know. We need to let our grandchildren know. Let me tell you what God has done for you. As we think about his works, we, we can think about a few things. Number one, we can think about his creation. Uh, you talk about a wondrous work, the work of creation. I joke about it all the time. People say, you believe in the Big Bang? I said, yes. God spoke in Bang and half. It's the Big Bang. God spoke all this into existence. The other night, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the sky was just unusually gorgeous. It's like orange in different colors. And then if the, uh, uh, you came out of my house and you, and you, and you looked to the right, there was a, a complete rainbow. Did y'all see that the other day? Early evening, as the sun was going down. Absolutely gorgeous. In Ecuador, see here, you look up and you see a rainbow and it's just beautiful, right? You see the arch in the sky. In Ecuador, it's weird. In Ecuador, you actually see where the rainbow touches the ground. Strange. You don't see that a lot around here. But over there in Ecuador, you see where it touches the ground. And you see God's majesty everywhere. It's handiwork. You see, all I need to know is that in the beginning, God created. That's the only proof I need. But as I look out and I see a sunset or I see a sunrise or I see, uh, I see a, a rainbow or uh, if, you, if you're ever blessed to be able to see the Royal Glory Atlas and the Northern Lights, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. Uh, sit at a, a hotel, look out uh, over the beach as the as the sun is setting over the water. Gorgeous. Sit in a in a backyard at the mountain and watching a uh, watching a creek go down the go down the backyard. It's gorgeous. Watching animals. You ever watch the majesty of an eagle? I love eagles. You go in my office. Get by the books, you'll see all the eagles. It's just wonderful. I mean, there's just such a majestic. And Isaiah 40 31 is my life person, so I just absolutely love this. A majestic animal. 
as you see uh, uh, God's handiwork, all you've got to do is go outside and see it. It's everywhere. Praise him for his works of creation. Number two, praise him for his works of salvation. You know, I, I hope I never get over the fact that God saves me. I really hope, you know, there's some things that we forget, right? You ever been going through something? If you're anything like me, I, I told it. I mean, I keep everything. I know what we did at church in 2009. Matter of fact, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Because I forget everything. So I can go back and go. I was going back. Listen, since I've been here, this isn't a good secret. But since I've been here, I have to split up my envelopes for funerals. I've done, I've done about 65 funerals. But I can tell you, I can, I can open up that envelope. I can tell you, I can tell you the message I preached. I can tell you the program. I can tell you the order of service. All of it. I, I keep, I keep everything. You ever, you ever do that? You ever go back and you look at something and you think to yourself, you ever go back and look at your high school yearbook? Anybody ever? Anybody have any high school yearbooks? I got, I got my high school yearbooks. I hold them away and I never ever look. High school years were not so great. And I was out looking. I was looking for something, and we were looking. Me and Kyle were looking, and I was looking. I was thinking to myself, I love my yearbook. My yearbook. They said, so, you know, they wrote some comments. I don't know. All that. It opens up and it just kind of opens up these memories. If, if you have Facebook, or even if you don't have Facebook, I get reminders on my phone. I have Facebook, Instagram, I don't have any of those social media. But, but almost every day, I have a picture that's from my picture album on my phone pop up on the top. And it's a picture memory, I'm guessing. Now, oh man, I remember when I. Oh man, I remember when I I guess Facebook does that too. It gives you these reminders and it brings floods back these memories. Listen, I hope I always have that memory that when God said. I want you to know something. God didn't have to say. Oh, I hope you know that. I chose to. When Jesus came and died on the cross, he didn't come and die on the cross. Because there was nobody else to die on the cross. You know, that, 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 that song, you search through heaven to find a Savior. They search through heaven to find a Savior. Then you go, oh, Michael, no, no, you're not. No, 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 you can't. No, Jesus Christ. It was his plan to come and die on the cross. That was his plan. And let me tell you what. Yeah, give me mine. It's an awesome thing. It's something that I hope I never get over. But I hope I never get over the fact that when other people are saved, isn't that an exciting thing? Isn't that something to praise the Lord about? When somebody else gets saved, when somebody else moves from darkness into God's marvelous light, what a wonderful thing that is. And it's reason for all eternity to praise Him. Especially when you had a part of it, or it's part of your family, and you see them saved, and, and God's still working in people's lives. As we look, we can praise the Lord for the works of his creation. We can praise the Lord for the works of his salvation. 
We can praise the Lord for the works of his consecration. What is it? What, what does consecration mean? It means God is working on us. Let me tell you what the goal for your life as a Christian should be. You know what it does? You know what God's will is for your life? Wait a minute, preacher. Now you're stepping over your bounds. You can't tell me what. Yeah, I can. Now, maybe not specifically as in the ministry or different things like that, but I know this much, that it's God's will that you be conformed to the image of his dear son. It's God's will for you. God wants you to be like Jesus. Now, how in the world are you ever going to be like somebody that you don't know? And how are we going to know? You have never seen them face to face. So how are we going to know? We're going to know through the Word, through the Word of God. As we read the Synoptic Gospels, as we, as we read uh, the book of John, as we read the accounts of Jesus' life, what would Jesus do is a question we ought to ask ourselves. How would Jesus handle this situation? What would Jesus say in this situation? Let me tell you, Jesus shouldn't be an afterthought in your life. He ought to be your first thought. Your first thought. How would, how would Jesus handle this circumstance that I find myself? Going through this hardship, how would Jesus handle this hardship that I'm in? I think we've stopped asking the question. I think there's a falling away going on right now. I'm not a prophet, the son of a prophet. I'm just telling you. I feel like as I look around, I feel like I'm seeing the wheat and the tail being set. Where are the true born again children of God? Because you know, I can't see your heart, you can't see mine. Well, the only thing I can do is look on the outward appearance. But I know this much God looks on the heart. There's no doubt we're going through difficult times. We've been going through difficult times. 2020, you know, 2020 was a rough year. All I ever heard, matter of fact, I even said it, I can't wait for 2020 to be. Well, guess what? 2021's here. It ain't looking much brighter. Not from the world standpoint. I mean, you, you just see the stuff that's going on right now. Listen to me. I never watch the news. Ever. Sometimes on your phone, they'll... They'll, they'll come up with a, a news thing, she's got to raise it immediately. And I know the joke that's going on. Over and over and over. And what's happening? God's people are folding left and right. Folding. Where we once stood, where we once said, hey, this matters. Where once God's people pray, we are now folding. Tell you something, George, we need some resolve. We really do. We need to realize that God is still working in people's hearts and in people's lives. You know, ever since I started giving the missions and, and ever since I, 
I've had friends that are on the mission field, mission field. I've had a whole new respect for what's going on in other countries. Because sometimes I think we get this idea that we're the only ones, United States of America. We're it, right? But I'm glad to be American. I fought for my country and I fight for it again. I'm a proud patriot, but I'm telling you something, we're not the only ones. And if God's not working in one place, I promise you he's working in another. It's absolutely unbelievable what God's doing in other countries and what God's doing with other people. God's still working. And we ought to praise the Lord for that. Let me tell you, what we ought to be doing is we ought to be finding out where God's working and get a hold of us. Get involved in it. Start doing those things that, that God has called us to do and God means us to do. More than ever before. I want to be closer to the Lord today than I was yesterday. It's my desire. I'm not saying I always succeed. I'm human just like you are. But that ought to be my desire. I'm not perfect, but I don't want to be. That ought to be my desire. I'm not sinless, but I, will, I ought to sin less. You've heard all these things, right? It ought to be, listen, if we stay the same over and over and over, let me tell you what we're doing. We're just becoming stagnant. And listen to me, church. Stagnation stinks. Stinks. What do we need to do? We need to move forward. Forgetting those things which are behind us. Those things are behind, folks. And so often people live in the past. They live in their past blessings. They live in their past mistakes. But your path is gone. It's behind you. Pressing forward. That's what God's people need to be doing. It's pressing forward, drawing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. His coming is imminent. We know it. It can happen at any moment. We know it. We know it scripturally. We know biblically. We know what the word of God says. But if we really believed it, it changed the way we live. Changed the way we talk. Changed the way we walk. You know, it's unfortunate. I'm not up here to preach against TV and all this stuff, but isn't it unfortunate you can't even watch a show anymore? I mean, I started this series. I won't even tell you what it is. I started this series. I was so excited to watch it. I mean, the first the first one was just excellent. I'm telling you, I mean, it just crashed and burned. I mean, you talk about I mean, just every other one is possible. I mean, you've got all the stuff. Is you can't even have a cartoon. Without being some kind of nonsense from this world in certain. You want to know why? Because they know that they can reach them as children. You, you realize, you do realize that's what Hitler did. You reach them as children. You can reach them and brainwash them as children, then you got you got them. I'm telling you, that's what's happened in our world. And God's people got blinders on. Absolute blinders on. 
God's people need to be walking closer with the Lord. I've told you this before. I've told you this uh, illustration before, but it, but it, it really explains what what I'm talking about. When we were in Ecuador, <clears throat> there was big drops. Everywhere. I mean, just big drops. You didn't believe in guardrails or fences. You didn't believe any of that stuff. So we were up. We were up about. Will and Lord live in about 10, 10, 10, 5, 10,500 above sea level. He says, You want to go for a trip? The answer is no, by the way, if you ever go over there. Uh, but we said yes. And so he took us up there about 12,000 feet above sea level. And um, got so far that we had to walk. I don't know if you ever walked at altitude uh, or played volleyball. They just laughed at us when we were playing volleyball. Uh, you just get winded so easily. It can come over here on shape. But you just get winded real easy. So we started walking up the Gulf. This is just, I mean, you talk about gorgeous. I mean, it looks like you can see all of that. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And we're standing there on this ledge. And, and, um, and so, you know, here's, here's the ledge. I said, this is gorgeous. Will said, you can see better over here. I said, no, you can see really good right here. I'm like, Backing up away from the edge. I don't want to see how close I can get to the edge. I want to see how far away from the edge. Listen, I can trip, I can fall, I can slip, something can happen. But here's him. Oh, Dad, it's just so beautiful over here. You know, like, it's really him. If you go over, I'm going to have to go over. I can't come back and you, okay? So if you go over, I'm going to have to jump. You know, you know, with you. I mean, I'll have to jump right after you. And uh, we're both there, so get over here. And so she goes, yeah, it's not a big deal. And she's to myself, Joe, if you fall, get away from me. This is what we like to do. We like to see how close we can get to you. But I'm still on this side. You understand? I'm not over the edge yet. But listen to me. You play around with the edge. Sooner or later, you're going to fall. Nobody that once served the Lord once was a deacon, once was a Sunday school teacher, once was a whatever. And now all of a sudden they're in the world, living in the world, living like they're not saved. Didn't go from way over there to way over here in one step. What happened is we got a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Well, no, that's okay. Well, God didn't really mean this. Then that we do, we like to change the word of God a little bit to fit our lifestyle. And we get closer and closer. And guess what? We end up falling into the world. And everybody says this. This is what everybody says. I don't know what happened. I don't know how they went from, you know, faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I don't know how they went from there to not even come to church. I'll tell you how they did Step by step. I'll tell you how you're going to get better for the Lord. Step by step. As we look at his work, so we can enjoy the consecration that we can have in work. Be holy, the Bible says, for I am. God didn't say compare yourself to Peter. Compare yourself to John. Compare yourself to Anna. Compare yourself to Phoebe. God didn't tell you to compare yourself to another character in the word of God. God said, be holy. For I am. So let me tell you what that means. That means you lack. 
you fall short. Now, if he said, be holy because Peter's holy, you can say, I'm pretty good, right? If we compare ourselves to ourselves, I can always find somebody that's just a little worse off than I am. You don't have to look real hard. But by the way, you don't have to look real hard either to find someone that's better off spiritually or economically or however you want to look at something like this. But when we compare ourselves to God, every one of us can do Every one of us can do that. And it ought to be the desire of our hearts. If you get to the point in your life where you can say, I've arrived, you're in trouble. You're in trouble spiritually. If you get to a place in your life where you say, listen, I've learned it all. Then you're in trouble. I can learn this in life. I have. You can learn from anybody. You can learn from everybody. If you'll just open up your ears, if you'll just open up your heart, and our desire for the Lord ought not be go backwards. Our desire for the Lord ought to be go forward so that we might serve Him day by day. More than ever before. I mean more than ever before. The church needs to be useful. Attack is coming. I'm telling you, the attack is coming on the church. It's coming. Well, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid we just won't keep folding. We'll keep folding. We'll keep folding. And you're gonna find the church is a is a group, you know, small group of people that's meeting in a house somewhere. Because church refuses to be useful. Listen, why are we here? I tell you why we're here. We're here the same reason Mordecai told Esther, we're here for such a time as this. So what do we need to do? We need to be like Jesus, who told his parents that I must be about. By the way, that wasn't carpentry because Joseph wasn't a father. He said, I must be about my father's business. Church, we must be about as far as concerned. Hey, if you're here this morning, you've never placed your 